Welcome to the Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Welcome, Will. How you doing, Gabe? Doing great, man. So, uh, welcome back. This is episode 25. This is going to be the third part in our series of Does Life Have Meaning? And today, we're going to go into some practical steps of how we can overcome the challenges of loss. So, Will, I'm going to let you go ahead and get into that. Yeah, yeah, like you said, Gabe, uh, this is episode 25. We appreciate you guys coming this far with us. Uh, it's been a been a fun journey. We've been figuring things out, as you can tell. We've had some uh, some podcasts we've recorded in the rain outside, and, and uh, your skylight here in your office, Gabe, was a little loud. We've we've done some outside podcasts, so it's it's been a fun journey. We've enjoyed it, and obviously, we're still figuring things out. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Like you said, Gabe, uh, this was uh, an episode or a, a series called "The Meaning of Life" or "Does Life Have Meaning?" And we've just been talking about you know, how do we know that our children's lives mattered, even if they were, if they miscarried or if they were just a few days old or if they were in their teens or twenties or thirties. And uh, we just kind of talked about how we have assurance that God cares about each of us individually and how he, he knit us together in the wombs of our mothers and just the importance of, you know, personal relationship with the Lord. And, we kind of, like you said, we kind of got to, you know, how do you deal with this loss? And, and there's obviously several different ways to deal with it. Uh, but we just kind of left off talking about a couple of practical things you could do. We, we talked about some guys that we have talked to who uh, have started nonprofit ministries through the loss of their children and how that's a God-honoring thing to do and obviously can help you deal with the loss of your child as well. And... <clears throat> the last thing that we mentioned that uh, we may or may not get into today, but we certainly will later on, is just we just wanted to acknowledge those out there who don't have a good relationship and didn't have a good relationship with their spouse when they lost their child and how we can understand that that would be a really tough thing to get through. And really the only advice that, that I could offer is to go to the Lord with that pain and uh, if you're the one, if you're the transgressor, to seek forgiveness from the Lord and forgiveness from your spouse. And if you're the one that has been wronged, to just pray and and offer forgiveness. And if you don't have any forgiveness to offer, pray that you would. And so, like you said, Gabe, all that's uh, what we've done, and this is where we're going. So the the next point we have here is just, you know, how can you make sure your child's life means something. Um, beyond all what we've already talked about with how the Lord assures us that it does. Uh, but what if you just feel like you need to do something? Uh, a lot of us, especially guys, we like to, to do something. Um, I was uh, I was joking with some guys this week at work that um, one of the biggest struggles my wife and I have in our marriage that probably is something you and your wife have dealt with too, Gabe, is uh, my wife will I'll get home from work and she'll be telling me, you know, whatever it is, the washing machine wasn't working well today, or I had this, you know, whatever, my friend got into this argument and this and this and this happened, and my brain clicks into like, all right, what should she do about this situation? How should she solve this? And I'm just like, oh, we can do this with the washing machine, or your your friend isn't really being smart. Why don't you just do this? And her response is, 
I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me. And so we're, as men, programmed to fix it, I think. That's right. Um, so if we feel like we need to do something and we want to be productive with our time, what can we do? And to take some easy practical steps, like you said, Gabe, uh, there's a lot of different things you can do to honor the life of your child and to honor the Lord and, and try to encourage people to grow closer to the Lord through the death of your child. And we just got a few ideas and suggestions. It's certainly not an exhaustive list, and we'll probably come up with more than, than what I put down as we go on here. But the, the first thing that, that I thought of and, and probably the most important thing for your relationship with your spouse and, and the relationship with the Lord as well is to take time to talk to your wife about your child. And uh, I think we've talked before, Gabe, about uh, a friend of mine that uh, he and his wife lost a child and they sort of grew apart because they didn't want to talk about their pain. They, they, you know, we've talked about before how men and women process pain differently and long story short, it led to separation and a divorce. And so you, you're not guaranteeing that isn't going to happen if you talk to your spouse, but you're making it much less likely because you communicate and communication is, is key in everything. So, you know, maybe you don't need to talk to your wife. Maybe every single time you both get home from work, you don't need to come in and say, hey, let's talk about our, our child, our son, our daughters, whatever. Um, but, you know, you should be able to know your spouse well enough to know the, the times when it's appropriate to bring up your child and to just discuss that. You know, just if it's as simple as saying, I miss him and I wish he was here. And I think that's a thing, you know, to remind your spouse that you're also thinking about your child and that you're not unfeeling and you're not, uh, you haven't forgotten, you're not ignoring that loss and just trying to carry on like there's no big deal. And you want to talk to them, you want to, to have that discussion about your feelings and, and your wife's feelings. And I think that's probably an encouraging thing. And uh, it's something that will, like we said, just open up those doors and give you the chance to discuss that. And uh, I know, Gabe, I told you before we started the podcast, probably my biggest failure in this area that I'm aware of is uh, my wife has a habit of bringing up our son either as we lay down in bed or like right before we're ready to turn the lights off and go to sleep. And that can be kind of frustrating sometimes. It's like it's 1130 and I have to get up at at 5.30 or 6.30 or whatever it is, and Hannah rolls over, and she's like, I miss Gabriel. And I'm like, I'm, my brain goes through this, like, uh, I should have this conversation with her and tell her that I miss him too and have this conversation the way it should be had, but I need to get up in six hours, and I really don't want to get into this 45-minute discussion. And I just kind of leave it at, yeah, me too. And then don't say anything for a little while. And I know that's, that's not what she wants to hear. And uh, I know that's probably my biggest place where, where I have failed to have that conversation with her. And uh, I told Gabe probably what we should do, practical steps in that area, is, is Hannah should try to bring it, bring him up at a more convenient time for both of us. And I should be willing to, to stay up a little later to have those conversations. But uh, that's just my 
my struggle with this uh, to be to be vulnerable with you. And what do you think about this, Gabe? Is that something you and your wife would agree with as well? This is an important point. Man, very important point. And you know, even just saying um, to your wife, "How are you doing today?" Mm-hmm. You know, those mm-hmm. those words right there can open up a, a long conversation for her to, you know, to a know that you care, and then b to uh, allow her to express what she's feeling and like you said will like some women like my wife sounds like a lot like your wife she is a night owl like she mm. could she would rather stay up you know late hours and sleep in you know later in the morning where i'm kind of like mm-hmm. you i'm like man i gotta I'm, I'm ready to get this bed so i can get up and get going in the morning because mm-hmm. that's just the way that i'm wired um but in this scenario if they want to talk about it at night then we got to talk about it at night, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, and why is that going to come up at nighttime? At nighttime, you know, man, that's just when, you know, you're like, TV's turned off, phone's turned off, it's quiet, you know, it's dark, and and that's sometimes where some of those um, feelings mm-hmm. can come in and uh, went, you know, in the dark. And mm-hmm. so I think, like you said, whenever they want to talk about it, man, we got to be willing to, to open up and, and listen to them. And, and I love what you said earlier about they a woman will say, I don't want you to fix that. I just want you to listen, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the situation here too. And, and I think we have to be active listeners, you know, as well, just engaging them in that conversation, you know, with that back and forth, letting them express, you know, what they're feeling, but letting them know, let them in, let them mm-hmm. in and not being guarded, you mm-hmm. know, that, Hey, this is what I'm feeling too. And, mm-hmm. and you may not be feeling the same things <clears throat> and that's okay. You know, guys and girls are different. Uh, and so, it's okay if you don't feel exactly the same as your wife, but let her express how she feels. And then we, we don't want to tell them we, what you're feeling is wrong. You mm-hmm. know, if we do think it is wrong, you know, if we think it's like super wrong, then it's like, okay, where, where do we go with this? Mm-hmm. What, you know, do we seek counseling? Do we seek, you know, biblical, you know, uh, advice, you know, on that of, of how, you know, things could be, um, could she could be helped through that and then likewise like we have to be open to that too if she's if we're expressing ourselves and she's saying hey listen you need to move past where you're at now to get mm-hmm. to this next point then we have to be receptive to that and not just completely guarded against it and then just we have to work through this thing together because um you up in it together mm-hmm. yeah i think that's that's a good point that <clears throat> we need to to guard our thinking and be willing to examine, you know, you've, you've been vulnerable about your struggles after you lost your girls with, with mental health and just how that's something that can easily creep up on you. And if you're not having these conversations with your wife, you don't know if that may be for her too. Um, you know, I, I've been blessed not to have a whole lot of mental health issues, struggles in my family, my immediate family. So before my wife and I got married where, where her family does, I didn't have any idea, you know, to look for, like, is someone depressed or she just having a bad day and then she had another bad day and then she had another bad day. And I could have gone into it totally oblivious. And if Hannah and I didn't have the relationship that we did before Gabriel was born and then continue to check up with each other and to have these conversations, it would be very easy for her or me to, to fall down that path and not get the other one the help they need or, or to commiserate and and uh, let her know that she's not alone in, in the pain she's feeling over losing our son. So I think that's an important thing as well, just to 
to let them know that they're not alone and that, that you love them and, and you love your child as well. And, uh, you know, I think that's an important thing. Really just the easiest way to put it is like, don't act like your child didn't exist. You know, don't mm-hmm. try to just move on, you know, not acknowledge the hurt, but to just, you know, move towards, you know, this is something we probably talked about and we probably will talk about, you know, more is things people say that they think they're comforting you or, um, you know, maybe not even they think they're comforting you, but they don't know what else to say. And I've had several people at work. I work with, with mostly guys, um, in a, a blue collar sort of setting. And so they're probably not to stereotype, probably most of them aren't super comfortable talking about their feelings or talking about death. And, uh, you know, a lot of them, when I talk about, you know, I say we have a son, Gabriel, he was born September, 2019, but, we also have a daughter now, you know, and Gabriel was, was still born. And then we also have a daughter now who's nine months old. Then a lot of them, however they phrase it, they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Does that make it easier to have a, a daughter here with you? You know, does that, that help? Or, you know, did y'all try again in that in between time before we had Bonnie? Um, a lot of people seem to think like, if you have another child, then that hurt is gone. And, um, you know, it makes up for it or replaces the child that you lost. And I think that's an important thing to have, try to have grace with, but also just an important thing to keep in mind for yourself that you shouldn't place all your hopes, all your eggs in that basket of when we have another child, things will be good and I don't have to feel pain anymore um, or that I won't miss the child that we lost because I'm going to be so busy with this other one. And, um, obviously each child is a, a blessing from the Lord, but it's not good for your processing of your grief. And it probably wouldn't be great for your relationship with your spouse. If you're throwing all of your emotions, all your attentions on this child that you, you do have this living with you now, and you're doing that to the neglect of dealing with your, your feelings for the child that you have lost, um, and another thing we wanted to mention too is, you know, whatever way it comes out, celebrate your, your child's birthday. Uh, Gabe and I were just talking before the, the podcast. Uh, our son's birthday was uh, <clears throat> was uh, September 30th. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, September 30th. So just a couple days ago, we're recording this on October 2nd, uh, 2021. And so he was two years old uh, two days ago. And we had last night a, a bonfire just with some, some friends of ours. And it was a, a celebration of Gabriel's life. And it wasn't anything fancy. It was just everybody come and, and eat some barbecue and hang out. And we talked about Gabriel and we talked about sports and we talked about life and we talked about, you know, whatever it was. We talked about church. And um, I think that's something that, that Hannah and I have talked about we'd like to do every year going forward is just to have the September 30th or whatever adjacent weekend be a day of remembrance for Gabriel and, um, you know, a milestone to include Bonnie in when she's old enough to know what's going on. And I think that's an important practical step that I would encourage you to take is as, as hard as it may be for you to make it through those, the, the day of your child's birth, the day of your child's death to just try to, 
remember the, the faithfulness of the Lord to carry you from where you were that day to where you are now and just you know celebrate that you have life here on earth and that if you're a Christian, you're, you know where your child is and, and you will be seeing them again one day. And so I think that's an important thing is, is, is try to surround yourself with someone else. It doesn't have to be a big gathering, but uh, take some time to celebrate the loss of your child and, and their birthday um, and their lives rather than just sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, we do something similar. I mean, every year since uh, since our girls, you know, that was and that was 16 years ago, is we go out to the cemetery uh, where they're buried and we mm-hmm. release three pink balloons and lay down three pink roses, you know, mm-hmm. on the grave. And now that our kids have come along, we've been doing that with them too ever since Avery was... I mean, Avery was a baby. You know, the second year on their second anniversary, Avery mm. was, you know, four months old, right? Mm. So we took her out there in her little car carrier or whatever and, you know, let her participate. And she's been going ever since. And now all three of our kids mm. come out there with us, you know, just as a day of remembrance, like you said. And w- that first couple years, we had like a gathering like you did. We did like a, a whole thing like the first year and mm-hmm. kind of did like a remembrance service and had... Uh, you know, like food and cupcakes and, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. we had actually planted some trees uh, in our backyard, mm-hmm. three three uh, cherry trees, which bloom are mm-hmm. a little, probably, but they actually bloom about a month after their birthday. Um, and, and their birthday was March 1st. They start blooming about April 1st or April mm-hmm. 2nd. Uh, but, you know, those pink blossoms coming out just remind us of those girls. And, mm-hmm. and now those trees are gigantic, you know, 16 years later and, and so uh, we, um, yeah, we do that as well every year, and it's and it's a special time just to, and it's good for our kids too. I think to remember, like, hey, you know, you've got other siblings that have gone mm. on ahead of you that are in heaven, and one mm. day you'll have more, you'll have more family, you know, once you get to heaven there that that you don't even that you never got to meet, and uh, I think that's good. Also, I think it's good. I hope it's good, you know, to help them to kind of process, you know, loss. Like, mm. hey, you know, this world. It's great, but it's also tough, and you're going to go through some difficult times. But mm. here's how your mommy and daddy have handled this, and hopefully it's given them some tools to be able to deal with, you know, difficult times that they may face in the future. And when they see how, um, you know, we haven't forgotten, you know, we're not dwelling on it, you know, we're not, like, stuck back where we were, you know, 16 years ago in our grief, mm. uh, for sure. But at, at the same time, we're we're not just, like, acting like it never happened either. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to convey that to them as well and so and we get to have those conversations with them you know when when there's processing uh like well where where are they or why aren't they here or you know you know we have those conversations and those are good times to just to remember you know the girls and obviously i think if if it's a if if somebody's listening to this and they've gone through a a miscarriage you know early term or late term i mean that's probably going to look different than what will and i are talking about you know we had a miscarriage uh, when Avery, our our oldest daughter, when she was about she was about eighteen months old, we got pregnant mm-hmm. again, and then had a miscarriage of like eight or ten weeks, and so we, you know, we don't do anything to mm-hmm. commemorate that, you know, experience or whatever. Obviously, we think about it, you know, because you still have those thoughts of, well, mm-hmm. was that a little boy? Was that a little girl? You know, mm-hmm. what what would our life have looked like? Um, in that scenario, so it's not like we forget about that child. We just don't do anything to commemorate that pregnancy mm-hmm. um and um you know it depends on how 
sooner or late that miscarriage is whether or not you feel that's appropriate, you know, to mm-hmm. do or not. I mean, I know I have some friends who lost kids at 21, 22 weeks. I mean, those were, you know, where they had to like actually give birth and the child was stillborn or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, they, they do commemorate those days, you know, because it's like, this was a child that they got to see and hold, you know, mm-hmm. that just didn't, didn't yeah. make it. And so that's a, that's a different thing. And so it's, you know, uh, you, you, again, like I said, you just may do things differently, but I think it is good mm-hmm. to not just push those feelings and thoughts down into recesses that you never access because that's not healthy. Like have that time of remembrance. And I think that's a practical thing mm-hmm. um, for you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point. And, uh, one of the other things I would encourage you to do. And, and again, don't take anything Gabe and I say as like therapeutic advice. We're, we're two guys here talking about our experiences and, and what the Lord's laid on our heart. And, uh, we certainly don't know every circumstance. We don't know, you know, what other things you've dealt with in the past, um, and how you're, how you're processing your grief. But one thing that was really helpful for me and maybe would be helpful for you is to tell the story of your child. And, uh, that's something if you haven't figured out by now in this podcast, I'm not sure what you've been listening to, but uh, I can talk a lot. And I, I tell, uh, I'm a storyteller. I was a history major in school. And so like, that's how I remember things. It's like the, I don't need to know, like, this is the day that it happened. And this is <clears throat> like 1776 was the Declaration of Independence. Remember that. I won't remember that at all. So if you tell me the story and the background as to why we were mad at Britain and all this different stuff and all the the constitutional conventions that that came up and all this different stuff, you tell me the story and the chronology and the motives, then I remember and it matters to me. So that's maybe just me. I'm weird that way. But I think it's important to keep your children alive by telling their stories, by telling what the Lord has done in your life since then, um, you know, whether that includes a time of struggle and frustration and being angry at God and then He's brought you back to Him, or maybe you're still angry at the Lord. I think it's important for you to take the time. You know, what, what I do, and again, this isn't like a, a formula you need to follow, but when I'm talking to guys at work and, you know, I'll be, be talking to people from 18 to upper 60s and they'll ask at some point when we get to know each other, you know, do you have any children? And you know, I always say, I have a son who was born in, in September of 19 and he was stillborn. And most of the time they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And then also have a daughter, Bonnie, who was born December of 2020. And so we get to talk about that. And depending on how well I've known the person, you know, I may not go into the whole story, but um, I, I think it's important to just talk to them if it comes up then or, or later on when we mention something relating to Gabriel or you know, what the Lord's doing in my life. You know, we talk about this podcast, whatever else it is, to tell that story of, you know, how Hannah and I found out that something was wrong, went to the hospital. We, we dealt with the whole experience of, of Hannah delivering Gabriel and, and the days, weeks, months after how the Lord's encouraged us and, and brought us to the point where we're able to, to minister to others and uh, encourage them through the loss of their child. And, and so I think that's an important thing 
for you um, just to be willing to discuss your your children's lives and uh, just be open to how the Lord has worked in your heart from that point till now and how he may move you to talk about you know whatever it is you, you might be talking about like I said you know after this happened I couldn't trust God I felt like you know I didn't deserve this and he took my children away from me unfairly and I was <clears throat> mad at him for five years and didn't want to go to church and you know whatever it is but he used this and it brought me back and now I understand that like we talked about we talked about multiple times in this podcast at Romans eight twenty eight that, that the Lord calls uh, for for those who the Lord has called for his according to his purpose he works all things for their good and I think that's something that we can keep in mind and just try to tell that maybe the best that we can and explain how from this perspective a year out or two years out or two months out doesn't make sense but if you gave you know your 16 years out you can look back and you can maybe see some of what the lord was doing at that time with, with the loss of your girls and i think it's it honors them and it honors the lord to tell their story yeah i'm with you and i, I think how do you how do you do that you know it might be um, you know initially just even kind of writing and and, and of course that's my go-to you know is is, is putting stuff down on paper mm. and and journaling so that way you kind of know like hey okay this is what i would say you know almost like mm. you're you're practicing you know mm -hmm. and then as that uh those opportunities present themselves then you're kind of ready to tell that story in almost like an elevator pitch kind of spiel you know because and why would you do that well you would do that again because it's an opportunity for you now to be a comfort to those who may need it that you don't even know you know like you might be talking to somebody and then if you like say what will said there about hey i've got a, a, a child that was born two years ago but he was still born unfortunately he's gone on ahead of us to heaven we also have bonnie you know and that person you're talking to they might be like oh man like i you might they might not even express it to you, but maybe they've had the same experience, and but they don't want to talk about it, right? And then you seeing how you're dealing with it, healthily or healthy, uh, you know, in a healthy way, then maybe that's an encouragement to them to be like, okay, wow, this guy's kind of he's 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 moving through this, you know, well, or he's moving through this better than I am, and then that maybe opens up a discussion for you to to minister to that person, you know, to be a comforter to that person, to be a helper to that mm -hmm. person as they move through their difficulties. Um, so I think that's why it's important to not just necessarily just shut it down, you mm -hmm. know, because you want to be able to to be to be able to use what you've experienced to be an encouragement and a help for others. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we go through stuff in life. I think a lot of times is is so that way we can comfort those who need it in their time of need. Mm -hmm. um, and and two, I think it's give it's you know being willing to to open up and tell that story is is therapeutic as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like we said, so you're not burying it down. You know, obviously I I I. I'm not a very open person by nature. Like I keep things really close to the belt, so to speak, or close to the chest, however you say that. And I, um, so I, my default was writing, you know, but I wrote this book that is very, uh, very vulnerable, I guess you would say. And things that I wouldn't necessarily say to someone like face to face, I wrote down and it's in a book for the world to read. And, but, Nevertheless, you know, the story got told and the story was told in an effort to hopefully 
encourage others who might be going through difficulties that they don't quite understand. Like we didn't understand why we were going through those difficulties well, with our girls. And that could, you know, that can mm-hmm. hopefully translates across multiple different genres of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that book was written hopefully to give God glory of how he got us through that difficult time and how he helped us come out on the other side. I hope, you know, in a, in a better place spiritually in a better place emotionally you know in a better place physically that we that we would not have been able to get to had we not gone through a very difficult time like that because there's a level of superficiality that would still be to my life certainly if i had not gone through those challenging times Mm -hmm. and so i'm I'm thankful to god that he got us through that um and that he allowed us to go through those difficult times even though it was not fun and you know i wish the girls were still here Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think those are some, some reasons that you talk about your child. And then those are some reasons, um, or some examples of how that you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that Gabe. I think that is an important point that, um, you don't have to verbally tell the story of your child. If it's, uh, I know there's, there's a woman, uh, that I'm friends with, I used to go to church with that, uh, lost a daughter as a teenager and she seems to put a lot of information on or a lot of pictures and remembrances on social media. And when she's thinking about her daughter and, uh, I knew her daughter, not super well, but I knew her. And uh, I think that's, that's another way, you know, you can encourage others by sharing those good memories and, and being vulnerable about, you know, how much I, I miss my daughter, how much I miss my child that I lost, uh, writing a book, writing poetry, you know, whatever it is, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, you know, David, David wrote songs and, and psalms and, and, and poetry, and that was honoring to the Lord, obviously, to the point that, that God chose to, to put some of what David wrote in the Bible. And so I, I think it's honoring to the Lord to use whatever medium he has given you the ability to use to tell the story of your children and to glorify him, like you said with, with your book, Gabe. Uh, appreciate you guys sticking with us here for episode 25 and uh, Gabe you'll yeah take us absolutely out. so we'll continue in episode 26 this series does life have meaning with some more practical steps and so that's going to follow this episode so thank y'all for joining us today make sure you follow lost boys to found fathers on facebook instagram and twitter and also you can check out my book on amazon just search my name gabriel o'sullivan and thy will be done and put a question mark at the end of that Again, thank y'all for joining us. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.